that's a growler. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday on the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and fawn goodbyes. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Chris Callahan. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you made it back today. Yes. <laughs> it's like I might as well keep going. You know, <laughs> so many of these podcasts talk about their guests staying the night and making it there for the next episode, but you know, you guys actually have a, a unique situation where you actually will stay the night there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. He's a captive guest. <laughs> <laughs> no dinner if you don't podcast. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for the idea, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get messages from Chris. She hasn't fed me in six days, thanks to you. (laughs) Well, I hope all our listeners are well-fed, ready for a new day of the never-ending story. Today, we're going to be talking about Minute 27 of that movie, which begins with the Treyu riding through Fantasia. And it ends with a growl in the darkness 60 seconds later. It's a roller coaster ride. (laughs) No, I actually, I really like this minute a lot. (laughs) We have more matte paintings. Yes, this is what I want. This collage of matte paintings right here. As this whole montage goes, I want all of them somewhere on my walls. We do get to see our friends again one last time. For not the last time, but at least one more time. Most of them, it is the last time, but... Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so we do get to see our racing snail and teeny weeny and the bats upside down still sleeping. <laughs> we have Night Hob doing his dancing thing again. And we have a wonderful another wonderful 80-yard line from uh, teeny weeny. <laughs> yeah. It really... He looks fake. Forget that the line is clearly not what's coming out of his mouth. I don't believe... I'm not, like, 100% sure that that's Deep Roy. <laughs> I, I don't know it's just far enough away and it I don't know it just seems fake enough to me I did love that the last time we see the racing snail teeny weeny the night hub and the bat the bat is sleeping yeah yes <laughs> it's so appropriate but I have a question right off the bat okay so Atreya goes riding and the night hub and the bat are back with teeny weeny the racing snail and rock fighter yes. at, a camp, at a new campsite are we supposed to believe that the Night Hob flew over and filled them in? And that's how he knows who Atreo is and to say good uh, luck? He had to have filled them in, but I'm imagining that even though Chiron said you start your quest now, a little bit of time has passed because you can see it's kind of a orangish sky. So I would guess some time has passed from when it seemed to be night when they were up on the ivory tower. See, it should have been a day. It should have, We should have seen, because the sun was rising when they first went over to the ivory tower. So it should have been that day, and now as the sun is setting. But every scene that showed like a faraway view of the ivory tower, it was was clearly nighttime there. So I'm guessing maybe just like a couple days has passed in, in this whole exchange. 
Oh, he said your quest begins now, and the quest began. What are you talking about? <laughs> he probably had to feed his horse and get everything ready and stuff like that, though. That's true. He had to go get our tax. Get all the supplies and stuff. Yeah, I exactly. didn't think about it. I was wondering about how much of a jump in time there would have been from the, his friends to get back. So We'll so. never know. There's no answer. Um, the book <laughs> is much more clear on, like, how much time is passing between things, because it always mentions, like, they traveled for this many days. Chiron took this many days in the in the book. Chiron goes and gets Atreyu instead of calling Atreyu to the Ivory Tower. Oh, that'd be different. Huh? Yeah. Um, so I I understand not wanting to quite play exposition time with all that, but as a kid, I definitely was like, oh, he rode right past. Wow, that bat sure flew down fast, and yeah. Nighthawk can talk <laughs> fast. He'd fill them in. <laughs> and also in the book. I don't know if you know this, Chris, but Chiron is a centaur. So all these scenes could basically be replaced with a centaur running by instead of a Atreyu running by, and it would wow. add up to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, that makes me think, isn't is Chiron, is it a name of, from mythology of a centaur? That sounds familiar. I it might possibly be. There's definitely a mythological Chiron. Okay, that's what it's There okay. definitely oh. is. But... Chiron, isn't he the one that um, shuttles the souls through Hades? Oh, on the river Styx. Yeah, oh, maybe that's the boat. Oh, yes, the boat I think Chiron is the boatman. Yeah. yeah. To the internet, away! <laughs> <laughs> While you guys are looking that up, I want to take a quick moment to point out my rockbiter friend here, and oh, and his <laughs> grossness. That's great. Well, it's great, but it, he looks so very rocky here, and it's awesome. But I was going to comment on the fact that the background with the rockbiter here is almost exactly like our artwork, oh. which I thought was rather fitting. Did you feel appropriate? I did. I was I was distracted when he says, take care. It's so sweet. And he has that poof of dust. And yep, it's he's so still gross, eating. But it's so sweet. But it's so gross. Yeah, he's still eating. Yep. No. Oh. He stress eats, okay? <laughs> That's true. We did establish in our earlier minute that the rock biter definitely stress eats. Because in the book, it says he only needs, like, a bite to last him a month. And he's just chowing down the whole time, but also because he's worried about things. What'd you find? So look, so there is so there is a centaur named Chiron or Chiron, um, held to be the superlative centaur amongst his brethren, as he's called the wisest and justice of all the centaurs. But there also is it's Charon is the boatman on the river okay. sticks. So okay. similar spelling, but I think they must be, I didn't realize the book must be really the playing centaur, up the centaur. Yeah. The centaur, and that yeah. makes sense because he's the best position. Yeah. Amongst all his peers, like he's the top guy. So, so, so we've is, all learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a beautiful montage, and I really tried hard to find out if they did any of these shots on location somewhere, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find any answers. But I have to imagine not all of them could be on a set, or maybe I'm just oblivious to the way movies are made. But with him racing that fast and covering that ground, I don't understand how that could be on a set. Yeah. Or it's like. A football field set. <laughs> like, right. Do they, have, yeah. do they have sets that big? Oh, I'm sure they do. I love this scene with the horses going by in the opposite direction. Well, so I'll, I'll get into this. So I, too, was trying to find out about the filming of this scene. I didn't get any details on where, but I did hear that Noah Hathaway was injured falling from the horse during training for this scene. And okay. he was injured later on in filming, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was injured twice. And one of it was during training for the horse riding scenes. He fell and 
got banged up a bit. And I wanted to find out what kind of horse Artax is. I tried to do that as well. All right. So I have two responses from my research. The first is that I could not find a definitive answer. However, I have a cousin who actually went to school for animal, not veterinary, but caring for animals, like running farms, running ranches, all that sort of stuff. Her best guess from pictures is that this is a gray Arab. And she will be being forced to see this movie soon because her older sister is about our, my age. And I texted her and was like, do you know if Mary remembers this movie? Can she tell me what kind of horse this is? And I got back, Mary's claimed she's never seen this movie. So I will be doing that soon. Oh, <laughs> and then goodness. we both made a lot of jokes about how we had failed our younger sisters because <laughs> the fact that neither of them has like great memories of this movie is just like, I know this was on. What do you mean you don't remember it? <laughs> um, so we don't have a definitive answer on that, but I got a little bit crazy because he is a famous movie horse. Artax is one of the most like go-to 80s names. They haven't said his name is Artax yet, but they will. Yeah. And he's happily running and greeting other horses, and it's adorable. But when you start searching for what kind of horse Artax is, you come across some very disturbing internet rumors uh -oh. Yes, and I want to tell our listeners hey, that I it. say no. I am going to say at this point because if you Google it, you're going to hear internet rumors that this horse died during filming. And I have to say, I took a degree in how to do research, and I have come to the conclusion that he did not. Yes, this this horse definitely lived. Yes, there also was a racehorse named after him. Yes. In the late 90s, which is and adorable. Passed, and he passed away in 2012. But he had a good run. If you, his, I can include a link to his Wikipedia page, but Artax underscore parentheses horse. Did you see the story about how Artax the racehorse got hurt? No. There was a story about how he got hurt in, in later on his, in his career. He was, I don't know, I don't know how betting ob odds work but he had fairly good odds i guess to win this race and somebody jumped out of the stand and stood in front of him so the the jockey had to veer the horse over to the towards the other horses and it actually ended up messing up the horse's ankle messing up artax's ankle Aww. and afterwards he was put out to stud Mm -hmm. At least he survived i was gonna say yeah. i knew he yeah. lived a happy <laughs> life there at the end <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to give spoilers for this movie. I just, I felt I needed to issue that warning because it's like the first thing when you try and look up stuff about what kind of horse he could be. Yeah. I was very traumatized, but... It's funny that we went down the same rabbit hole. <laughs> I tried. I tried to find out for sure. I could not, like I said, that I, I got a best guess based off of some movie stills, but that, that was as much as I could do. So I just want to, I have to do this. I hate to gush on it, but before we move on too fast, mm -hmm. the puppetry again for these characters as he drives, as he drives, <laughs> as he, <laughs> as he rides by, like just the intricacy of the way the snail watches him go by and the movement they did with him that they didn't have to do. No one would have noticed if that snail never moved at all, especially in this scene, but he, he watches along with everybody else as um, Artax flies by, and then you know you've got the awesome puppetry again of the rock biter, as we mentioned before. But 
I just I wanted to call that out one more time. I love it. Yeah, we've had some divided uh, thoughts on the puppetry, especially of the snail. Do you know much <laughs> about who did the puppetry work for this? Anything famous or just sort of? It wasn't a famous team a or anybody. There were a lot of people that did it. Okay. Because there are so many in this yeah, film. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah. But I was just curious because we had a guest on earlier who actually was terrified of the puppets. Ah. So as a kid, she was really scared of them, <laughs> even though they aren't like the scary part of this movie. So I was just curious what your response is because I know you said you weren't a huge fan of... Uh, yeah, it was the uncanny valley as a small child. For more background, there were definitely I was afraid of parts of Sesame Street, so I definitely have yep. my own dealings with puppets. <laughs> not, not, not to throw you out there, oh, but I was like, you were afraid of Sesame Street. How so, did you feel about this snail? Because <laughs> yeah, if I, I just said it's funny. I didn't really remember the snail at all watching it again, so mm. I'm not sure if it since it didn't really stick with me. I don't think there was anything too weird. I do remember the rock guy. It was fun to see him. I don't think. He was too bothersome to me at the time. But um, but yeah, I think it was an interesting... That's why I think the movie holds up pretty well, because they do all these practical effects, like puppets, I think, make it work pretty well. And I don't think as a kid you're thinking about that being a puppet. You're just no. thinking of it as a creature itself. No. I always said, I always think the racing snail reminds me most of, like, Disney rides. Oh, with yeah. With the animatronics and stuff. That's what I always think of. But... Um, and yes, before we move on to the darker part of this minute, would you like to tell us about our buddy, Christopher Hamill? Christopher Hamill, also known as Lamal. <laughs> uh, I would just, it was interesting to read about because I had made, I didn't really think too much about this. I mean, I always, I knew the song for a long time. Uh, I never realized that this was recorded by Lamal, who was part of Kajagugu. <laughs> One of their big hits was Too Shy. Oh, the early 80s. Oh, it's so okay. hard for me not to okay. sing when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, feel free to sing, yeah. enjoy, put on some I am biting music, my tongue. <laughs> jam out. I remember that. It's music day. <laughs> and apparently before recording this song, he had been fired by the band, which I had no, I did not know that whole backstory. I guess they did some reunion on a TV show back in the 2000s. But um, so yeah, this is one of his first big hits post Kajagugu for him. And he's still out there singing, I believe. Uh, Does he? Can he open his eyes now? That's the thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, that's the uh, <laughs> side note. We did watch the music video for the song. That's actually a good, <sighs> good comparison between what holds up from the movie with all the practical effects. The video, it's like early '80s video editing. It's glorious. It's glorious, and everyone should watch it. I mean, you should finish listening to this podcast, yes. but then go watch it. It is. Take too much of your Fantastic. time. It, it contains, I would say, minor spoilers for later in the movie. That's a different... Yeah, it's okay. a different... Okay, because it's, it's all time. It's all Well, I think when this, when this episode airs, we'll go ahead and post the link up on our Facebook group to show the video for everybody. <laughs> he can't open his eyes and his hair. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh. the blonde black hair that he has on there is... Mullet! It's pretty... Outstanding, and what's also neat to know about the song itself apparently, there is a French version with different vocals to it. Um, so there's both the English version, French version. The um, and for the video itself, the, the woman Beth Anderson who recorded those vocals, she's not in the video, they just use another woman, um, sort of as to, to lip sync to it. Um, hmm. so you see a little bit in the background, um, but yeah, it's definitely an, an, an interesting poem. I never thought about they say about the, the song is that. The never-ending story not only fades out, but also fades in, thus making it never-ending. So, right. What? <laughs> very neat. But it was written by, yeah, so it was performed by Lamal. It was uh, 
written by Giorgio Moroder, who I think did a lot of the other music for the movie. Yes, Moroder okay. did the soundtrack for this. Yeah, and uh, Keith Forsey. So, uh, but yeah, it came out, it recorded in January of 84. And uh, if you want to know, the B-side is Ivory Tower. What? Which, cool. you have to look that one up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just looking at the, if you look up the picture of the uh, the original album with the never-ending story, Lamal, it definitely It's so great. stick with you. <laughs> Oh, man. I mostly know the punk cover by The Newfound Glory, because that's the version that I have in my iPhone. So I haven't listened to this song out of the context of the credits of this movie in a while. It doesn't come up that often on the radio anymore. (laughs) It's a shame. But yeah, there are some great covers. I mean, lots of great covers. And the original is also fantastic. And I just want to let people know that at least on our YouTube, the next suggested video was AHA's take on me. So if you're listening to this and don't know why we're freaking out over this video because you've never seen it, just just imagine that we've just described a mullet and a man who, I guess, stoned? Maybe he's just just very tired. Maybe he's just very tired. He's hanging out in a library looking at books, but also with movie clips. And Maybe? they think the next thing you'll want to see is Aha's take on me. Just just paint a picture in your mind. <laughs> Maybe he's in Fantasia in his head, okay? That's... Why are you judging him, Jamie? <laughs> I, I, I can't help it. Oh, you know what? I'm sure he made a lot of money off this song. He, he can deal with time. a little bit of criticism of the music video, I'm sure. Like I said, there there's almost nobody alive today that here's this song it doesn't know what it is and what it's from exactly and it i like that it was written by the person who did just the music though i think that's why it all kind of fits it feels all of a piece right yeah, definitely although the music itself well the synthesizer very much of its time it still it still connects there's a nice flow to it yeah it definitely works well i think uh i think the german audience is really missing out <laughs> Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to go and listen to their version of the soundtrack just so I can imagine what it is they yeah. felt and, and heard as they were going through this movie. I want to find the German, not that I speak German, but I want to find the movie in German and then someone who speaks German and see if they can, like, what Bastian says for the name at the end. Bastian says something at the end, and you, I could never hear it, but apparently in the book you find out what he's saying. I yes. like my version better, but I wonder what it is in the German. Hmm. Like, is it just a translation of what he says in English or is it a different name? I would be very curious to know that before the end of this project. Yeah. I feel like if you're hosting a podcast, analyzing the never ending story in over 90 episodes of podcasting, surely someone can help me figure out <laughs> what, what the name is in German. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be able to make connections through this to get the answer to well, that Well, maybe question. we'll have a German listener that'll speak up and, and post something on the Listener Society for us. I can only hope. That's a really good way to do a quick plug before we transition to the rest of this minute and say, come find us on Facebook and join our Listener Society. It's a closed group, but that's just to keep robots and sunglasses salespeople out. You know, <laughs> normal normal human beings welcome. Yes, we're, we're quick... <laughs> We're quick to accept new new requests, so please um, put in a request and we'll get you joined into the group and you can become part of the conversation. Yep. All right. So, oh, guys, are we ready to be scared? Because Yahweh's back. 
Um, this... in Indiana Jones, when Yahweh comes, that's when the clouds look all crazy. And oh. this movie does the exact same thing. Yep. It's gorgeous. They should. This all is right. the source of my nightmares as a childhood or in my childhood. Well, it's a total Jaws moment. He says, Bashian, uh, just the voiceover, he's reading, a creature of darkness also began his quest. And then you hear a growl from the blackness. And it's the same thing as in Jaws. Like, you know the shark is there, but you don't see the shark. So it's even scarier. You just hear. <laughs> as a child, I always, like, I would scream, I'd scream at the cameraman, like, why are you getting closer? <laughs> are you trying to die? There's yeah, something there, bad in there. Why are you getting closer to this thing? <laughs> Stop! I don't want to see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, it's funny. I, I had no memory of that whole character from the I movie. I think you blocked it out. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish I could have. But <laughs> I think that might have been a. I'm just not gonna remember like, this nope. for my own self-preservation. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> listeners at home. He just, when he said that, nope. He also like put his hand over his head, like nope. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Never> done. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, are you feeling brave? Is everyone going to come back tomorrow and join me Oof. when we get to see this little growler in the darkness? Well, we know Chris has to come back or he's not going to eat. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> but will you come back? I, I think I can, no, no pun intended, steal myself to to be ready for this minute. Uh-huh. I feel like most of our listeners probably know, but one of the big jokes is, so Thomas and I have never actually met in person. <laughs> we met through the Facebook Minute Makers group and now have gone off on this crazy quest together. But yeah, I don't control your uh, your feeding schedule. <laughs> this is true. Thank goodness. I usually feed myself and I do a fairly good job at it. But we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about people feeding themselves here in a couple episodes. We will. Oh, but <laughs> good one. That's, that's another, another story. story. That's what we told another time. Wow, something is really different on a grower. I'm keeping your bones.